On today's episode, we talk about the death of Jill Cahill and the tag team torturers, Mickey and Froggy DeVigio. You're listening to Bad in the Boondocks, baby. Bad in the Boondocks. Bad in the Boondocks. People put it down, but what you're supposed to do in a small town. Bad in the Boondocks. Bad in the Boondocks. Lord have mercy, can't help being bad in the Boondocks. Hey, and welcome to Bad in the Boondocks. As always, I am one of your hosts, Stan. And I am Drew. How's it going, everybody? And for everybody out there sticking with us and listening, we applaud you. you. We applaud you, sir and ma'am. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember, you can visit our Patreon page. I'm actually, we're going to start up a new thing instead of Patreon. It's called... um, Wow, so much enthusiasm just makes you want to jump on it, don't you? Yeah, it's supercast. It's a lot better, a lot easier, but I'll give you more details whenever that comes out. Yeah, and he's not spoken anything to me about that. No. <laughs> Surprise! Yeah, it's all good, whatever. Second of all, I think we're going to go back to our old host of Captivate. Probably, so our ads yeah. you will not have to listen to anymore. Yeah, so. because guess why? They ain't paid us yet. Duh. The little bit that we get paid, the tiny, tiny, itty-bitty bit that we get paid has not been paid for two months. So. I mean, it is like... Tiny, tiny bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's I mean, but it, it would help a little bit, but... A tiny, tiny bit. Yes, but... They could freaking pay us whenever they're supposed to. It's always like, oh, it's always left up to you to do stuff and get shit right. You know what I'm saying? But it shouldn't be like that. Third of all, <laughs> last month, well, the month before last month's winter, your item is on the way. And second of all, we'll have a little special episode either tonight or tomorrow announcing... November's winner. Yeah. Exciting stuff, huh? And if we ever got to 50 patrons... We're losing the patrons. Yeah, you could be entered in for a chance to win a $100 Visa gift card. Uh, It's Amazon gift card. Yeah, whatever, same thing. Nope, not the same. Amazon gift card, $100 Amazon gift card, but... Actually, I'm going to become a patron a couple of times so that I can win it. I'm going to knock that rule out of the way. Because really? Because who doesn't want a yeah, freaking hundred dollar? You might as well just keep the hundred dollars to yourself. Whatever. It'd be more exciting if I won it. Technically, yes, because then you would act, because then you'd like, oh my God, I've never won it. You'd go before. out, you'd go out, you'd buy it, then you'd ship it to yourself. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have to ship it. It would be with me. Yeah, but you said if you won something, so if you really want the special experience, you would go and make it ship to yourself, and then you'd get it in the mail and be like, oh my God, I won the $100 Amazon gift card. Yeah, and let me tell y'all, come on, people, help us out. Please, 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 please. Go to Patreon. You get some awesome stuff, and you know what, patrons? We're about to get busy on it. Y'all are going to get probably two episodes this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two episodes, and they are, I mean, you get, we get intimate. You get to hear our raw selves. Fart sometimes, even. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you didn't have to say that, but it's not me who does it, so it's fine. They always smell really good, though. <laughs> You're such a liar. But anyways. No, what was that? <laughs> that, was my, that was my phone. Whatever. In between the seat right here. Wait. There we go. Oh. I just did it again. Anyways, do you want to go in and get into these stories? Yes, I would love to. Yeah, it's my Are turn to go, go first. first. Yes, it is. Wow. You ain't got to be so snappy. It is time for me to go. I was going to be nice and be like, why don't you go first today? It's time for me to go first. So I will go first. Thank you very much. So, well, I'm going to be talking about Jill Cahill today. <sighs> Whatever. Shut your mouth. <laughs> 
that sounds very familiar. It does. It did to me too. But then I was looking at the story, and the story uh, didn't sound familiar at all. Oh, okay. Okay, the name sounded so familiar. Yeah, it does. Maybe we're related to somebody. Like I, don't that. I don't know. Anyways, the name sounded very familiar. The story I had never heard of, so it was kind of new. But um, in the summer of 1986, Jill Russell was 29 years old, and she worked as an airline stewardess. One night, she went out to a bar with friends in Syracuse, New York. At the bar, through mutual friends, she met Jeff Cahill, a 26-year-old stockbroker at Merrill Lynch. The initial meeting led them dating not long after they started dating. Um, Jeff quit his job, and he got into construction. Oh, hold on. So he quit being a stockbroker? Yes. And became a construction worker. Was he a suck-ass stockbroker or something? Because that would make a lot well, more money than being... what I'm saying is he might have been tired of sitting at a boring desk all day long. Not to mention most stockbrokers wouldn't fare so well being a hardened construction worker. Maybe he was a tougher. He was a tough cookier. Yeah. Tough cookier? He was a tough cookie. He was a tough baker. You never heard of that one, did you? A, t- a tough broker? He was, sure, you could say that. He ended up starting his own construction business. See, that did help oh. his ass out. That did help him out. Um, and didn't say that to begin with. No, because I was just letting you ramble, ramble on. Ramble on. Oh, my God. I knew that you were going to do that. Singing my song. And he and Jill moved in together. Shut up. Thank you. He and Jill moved in together in a small town in Skinny Atlas, which is a town southwest of Syracuse. Okay. Southwest, you said. Southwest. <laughs> it's fine if I have a little, a little lift. lift. I can have a lift if I want to. Skinny Atlas? Mm-hmm. Is that a real name? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I didn't look it up or you always have very weird names. Yeah, so do you. You have a weird face, but I don't say it every time I see you. <laughs> okay, let's keep on moving. The next summer, <laughs> I can't help it. The next summer, Jill announced that she was pregnant. Yay! A few months later, they had a small wedding. And in February 1988, Jill gave birth to their first child, a son which followed by a daughter in July 1990. After the birth of their daughter, Jeff lost interest and um, in... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jack, huh? <laughs> like the watermelon? What? Well, Jeff lost interest in his family, and he was looking to save... She was looking to save her family from financial ruin, Jill and her two friends started a garden renovation business, but the more successful Jill became, the more Jeff resented her, and he would do things to undermine her. Also, he wasn't paying the household bills. That's why I don't use that as my job. I let my wife do that. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, that's what you do. He was hiding the notices demanding the money. Because that's what I would do. (laughs) I know you would. I know that you would. I would actually just throw them away. Exactly. And then I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't touch them things. I didn't touch them. No, whenever the people came to, like, lock us out of our own house, I'd be like, um, no, I never got anything in the mail. It was probably Drew. That's what you'd say. It was probably your stupid son. That's what Mm -hmm. you would say. Way to go, Drew. (laughs) Thanks a lot, and we're all homeless. Living in the woods, hunting squirrels, wringing their necks and eating them over a campfire. Okay. A bed of leaves. Where did the bed of leaves come from? Well, we don't have any mattresses. Anyways, this resulted in their services being turned off on a regular basis. In 1996, Jeff was arrested for bouncing some checks. This caused the refractured marriage to split even more. In the summer of 1997, Jill met another man who lived out of state, and they started a long-distance romance. Mm -hmm. 
so it's hard to do that long distance. By Halloween, Jeff and Jill thought was a clever Halloween costume. He dressed up as O.J. Simpson. He was he African-American? No. Okay. Yeah. He wanted Jill to be Nicole Brown Simpson. Jill flat out refused. And she was ugly? No, she wasn't ugly. I just, I don't know why. In the spring of 1998, Jill discovered that Jeff had hidden a voice-activated microphone attached to a tape recorder in their home. They got into an argument, and Jeff pushed her to the floor. He also twisted her arm behind her back. Jill was able to free herself, and she grabbed a knife. She was able to get out of the house without being too um, badly injured. She then demanded a separation, and Jeff agreed to separate, and they signed a settlement of separation. But the problem was, since they were so deeply in debt, neither of them could afford to move out of the house, so they continued to live together. Isn't that an awkward situation? Yeah, it is. Okay, weeks later, on April 1st, um, 1998, at around 5.30 a.m., the call came in to 911. So police went to the Cahill's home, and he found five people on the front porch. They were Jeff Cahill, his parents, his brother, and a doctor that was a family friend. Jeff told the officer that Jill was in the kitchen. The officer walked into the house, and he found the kitchen covered in blood. Blood was literally dripping from the walls and the ceiling. She was lying on the floor and partially wrapped in blankets. She was barely alive. She was convulsing and moaning. The officers were was surprised that she was alive. So he called the paramedics. It was clear she had suffered a vicious assault. Her hair was matted with blood. The officer couldn't tell what color her hair was because of how much blood was in her hair. Her left temple had very clearly caved in. Near the body, the police found the blood-covered aluminum bat that was dented. Jeff told the officer the two children, who were 10 and 7, were upstairs in the bedroom. So he called the 911. Yeah. The officer found both children. They were unharmed but terrified. Jeff had also been injured. He had um, minor cuts on his hand and his arms. Very minor, probably. Yeah. He was taken um, to a different hospital than his wife, in which he had a few stitches. So did he say, was he saying that somebody came in and did this? We'll get to that. So I'll just shut up and mute my mic. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm going to get into all the story. In addition to having part of her skull caved in, both of Jill's arms were broken, her cheekbones were broken, and her skull had multiple fractures. Amazingly, she didn't die for, um, didn't die, and the doctors were focused, forced to put her into an artificial coma and remove part of her brain. After getting stitched up, Jeff was taken to the police station. He said that he and Jill got into an argument. He claimed she picked up a knife and attacked him. He simply used the bat to defend himself. However, the evidence didn't back up Jeff's version of events. Their children also saw and heard something much different. There was a fight, but Jill was unarmed. She was first struck with the bat in the mudroom, possibly while running to the back patio. She made it to the patio, but she was hit again and then dragged back into the mudroom. She was hit again in the mudroom. Then she either made her way or she was dragged into the kitchen. As she laid helpless on the floor, he stood over and hit her several more times with the bat. As she was being attacked, she screamed for her children to get help because their father was killing her. The eldest daughter came down during the attack and Jeff told her to go back upstairs. After beating Jill within inches of her life with an aluminum baseball bat, Jeff decided to take his own life. 
how do you measure life by inches? I've never understood that. I mean, I can, I can understand measuring it by minutes, but how do you measure it by inches? Yeah, that doesn't really make much sense, huh? Why not, why, not measure, why not measure it by time? Exactly. That's what I just said. Well, I just said it too, so Actually, here you I go. said by minutes. Well, by time. Why would you say inches from death? Exactly. There were inches from death. I don't understand that. Maybe because it's getting smaller and smaller, it's not going to be feet from death, is it? It's not going to be a yard from death or kilometers from death. It's going to be inches. But why not? Or you could say like wieners from death. Because <laughs> that describes you. If it's like two. <laughs> two inches. And that's on a really great day. <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever. <laughs> um, He got a hose. And then he put one in. This is such a. And then you just said hose. This is such a cliche, though. You know what I'm saying? Cliche. Yeah. You know. You know what I thought whenever I was reading that one time. Cliche. I thought that it said glitch, (laughs) (laughs) but it's cliche, which means what? Like most predictable to happen, or like likely to happen, something like that, right? I'm not exactly something sure that of most the meaning, something meaning. that usually happens, right? But Anyways, like, okay, it's like a cliche. I think it's like you. Okay, yes, we're stupid, right? Now. <laughs> yeah, we are. I'm Why sorry. did you even try to do the definition? <laughs> I think that's what it means. Well, he got a hose and then he put it into the end of the tailpipe of his car. He then put the other end of the hose through a crack in the window of his car, and then he got into the car. Well. He planned to drift off peacefully into death, but then he made second thoughts and decided against suicide. So now all of a sudden he's suicide prevention. Makes sense. He got out of the car. He made a phone call, but it wasn't to 911. Instead, he called his parents. His parents, along with his brother and a doctor who was a family friend, arrived at the family's home short time after. Okay, a cliche. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. What you said? What isn't? A stereotype or electrotype, a phrase or opinion that is overused and betrays a lack of original thought. Yeah, that describes him. Because <laughs> lack of original thought. I mean. Because people do that all the time, kind of. Maybe not so much as I think. But okay, or actions okay. or events that are predictable. That's what I said. There you That's go. what I said. Yes, in so many words, yes. So just like fighting movies, that's cliches. So, so such a cliche, there, darling. That's so cliche. It's so cliche. <laughs> um, it was only then, whenever they call nine one one. So the family called 911. Tucker pooped by you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And that's the dog, not one of our pet names. Yeah. Um, Jeff was arrested in the day after. He savagely beat the mother of his children with an aluminum bat. He was released on a $100,000 bail, which was um, posted by his family. A month later, Jill was still alive. Jeff was charged with several crimes, including aggravated assault, disfigurement, and depraved indifference to human life, but he remained free on bail. In the six months after the attack, Jill underwent 15 surgeries and survived many potentially lethal injections. In several bouts of meningitis at times, she was in agonizing pain. Lethal injections of what? Mm. I don't know. And I thought you said that he killed himself. Jesus Christ, didn't I just tell you that he was suicide prevention all of a sudden once he got into the car? He stepped out. You must not be listening to a single thing I'm saying. Well, I heard you because say that he you, you didn't even tell. You didn't even listen that he got out the car. He called his family, oh, the doctor, his brother. Then oh. they came over, called nine one one. 
I didn't you didn't hear, hear none of that, that shit. <laughs> so just shut shut shut. I think I'm just shut hell. Just shut shut shut. But she had also had some remarkable progress considering her skull had been cracked open and caved in. When she came out of her coma, she remembered her children's names. Um, After six months, she was able to talk in very short sentences, and she was able to move her left leg and her um, left arm. She was also able to do things like wash her face. Her family was planning to move her to a rehabilitation center. Well, it was about 10 p.m. on October 27, 1996, about six months after the attack. Several nurses working on Jill's floor noticed a strange man wearing a wig and glasses. He was carrying a mop and he was dressed like a custodian, but he wasn't dressed like the other custodians at the hospital. His uniform was slightly different colors. The nurses got a bad feeling, and they went to check on Jill. When they turned on the lights, they saw that her face was blue, and there was white powder on her chin and neck. As they tried to save her, several of the nurses smelled bitter almonds. Yep, there was poison. Yep. Jill fell back into a coma. She was pronounced dead later that night. She, was th- she had been poisoned with cyanide. Jeff, who was still out on bail, was arrested, and it turned out that Jeff had been playing the murderer for months. He thought his disguise and practiced wearing it. He bought his disguise and practiced wearing it around the hospital. Did he have a fake mustache? Yes. Oh, MG, that is cliche. The police searched Jeff's computer, and they discovered that in the weeks leading up to the poisoning, he researched cyanide and its effects. He made his own letterhead, impersonating a local business, and then he used a letterhead to order some cyanide from a chemical company to be shipped overnight. The next day, Jeff went um, to the business and waited for the UPS driver. Jeff was able to convince the driver to let him have the package. He then snuck into Jill's hospital room, pried her mouth open, and dumped the poison into her mouth. In 1999, he was convicted of first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to death. Then, in the New York Supreme Court, overturned his death sentence. Of course. Yeah. The New York Penal Code says that for a murder to be first-degree murder, it must be committed in commission of a second crime. For example, this would be... It was being an asshole. No, this would be like a rapist killing his victim or a robber killing the person they're stealing from, obviously. Well, what about him impersonating somebody? Is that not a crime? That technically is a crime. So He's uh, impersonating to be a, a custodian. Exactly. That technically is... First degree yeah. murder. So hell, I mean, maybe that doesn't make sense. Before they do that, doesn't make sense. We just, we just, we just um gave him some good ideas. Exactly. Well, since Jeff, whatever, Jeff did commit another crime while he was poisoning his estranged wife. He did, but they say that he didn't. So, well. They're saying because, you know, he beat her head in with an aluminum bat, the death sentence was squashed. Because of that? Well, because he only beat her head in with an aluminum bat. He, she didn't die. Right, right. She didn't and, die. And he didn't rob her while he was Got there. into the hospital and he then killed her, her there. Her and then killed her there. So, like, it doesn't really make much sense. But his life sentence was then reduced. And... He'll be eligible for parole in 2036. Are you freaking kidding me? No. So he didn't even get life? No. I mean, he got life, but he's got parole in 2036. That's bullshit. And this, I mean, technically this happened. How old will he be? I'm not exactly sure. Wait, let me look at this other paper real quick. Wait. So... I'm trying to, okay, April, so 1998, and, wait, wait, yeah, and um, he was 26 years old in 1986, so 26, 
it'll be old as hell. Yeah. Eight, yeah. 96, 06, 16, 26, 36. That's 50 years old. That's 50 plus. So he'll be 76 years old, which isn't that much. That old. Man. It's not that much. So. See, we just we just solved a problem, so then you guys don't have to solve that mind-boggling problem there. Y'all are welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. We well, try to help when we can. Yeah, well, I hope that you enjoyed the story. Yeah, I thought it was a decent one. I have never heard of it, even though that Jill... That name still sounds familiar. Very familiar. Case does not. Yeah, well, I think that we will have... Maybe we've watched our forensic files on it. I think we may have. I actually think that we did. Might have. Well... We will have a word from our unpaying sponsors. Yeah. Piece of shit, but go ahead. And we're and back. We, and welcome back. Yes. We are back, baby. <laughs> and my throat is so part. Oh my goodness, my throat's so part, so I gotta take a sip of my drinky winky. Wow. <laughs> you do it every time. At least single. I didn't take a sip from my dinky winky. <laughs> But I can. I've done it before. I'm just kidding. I haven't. No, you have, and you've told me a story about that. And I'm like, how the crap do you even reach? I'm not that flexible. I'm not that, um, guess I ain't that talented, but you ain't that talented anymore. So, yeah, age get you quit after I was, after I was 30. So. I mean, I can't even lift my leg up hardly anymore. Anyway. That's how flexible I am. I'm going to tell you about, and y'all may have heard about these. What? But I had not heard of them. The Who tag team torturers. Mickey and Froggy. In 1974, mm-hmm. a demon was coming into its own. And 13-year-old Cassie Riley would get to witness it firsthand. In fact, she would die looking at it wow. straight in its face. Mm. Cassie was last seen walking out of a local shopping store. That's usually what a store is, a shopping store. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> the next time anyone would see her, she would be laying face down next to a creek. Or as we say down in South, a creek. No, we say creek. A creek. Next to a creek. Crick. <laughs> her blue jeans and panties were pulled down around her feet, and her little shirt and bra tugged up beneath her arms. God, that's always heartbreaking to hear. The autopsy report would reveal that she had been severely beaten and then drowned. Wow. The last person to see her alive was a young man named Jimmy Froggy DeVigio. Jesus Christ, what kind of Name is that? Well, Froggy was his little nickname. Come here, little Froggy. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I really don't. You think he had frogs instead of crabs? You think he had warts on her? Might have. Might have. Yeah, that's probably why. I bet you it was. He had herpes. That's what happened because a a woman might have went up and like, oh, you like a frog? And was like, oh shit, I ain't touching that. I ain't Uh -uh, getting nothing because you can get worse from touching that. Yep, I ain't getting nothing from you. So then he got his. And then he's like, only if it pees on you, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Then then she started spreading rumors saying that's a froggy right there. Yeah, that's froggy right there. Yep. When the cops stopped by to ask Jimmy a few questions about the girl, his mother provided him with an airtight alibi. His own sister, however, would later state that their mother lied. Yes. No one really knew where Jimmy had been that day. Nope. But then, no one really ever knew where he was or exactly what he was up to. Jimmy had some obvious problems from the very beginning. Getting into trouble seemed to be his forte. He did drugs. He drank a whole lot, and he gambled. He stole cars. He got into fistfights. He robbed gas stations, committed burglaries, and was even arrested on charges of abduction and rape. Wow. However, those charges were dropped. I knew that they would be. Because the victim was, like, really, really drunk and unable to keep any facts straight. No, but that's not... 
doesn't excuse it, but that's why back in those days. Yeah. He was charged with disorderly conduct and arrested for driving drunk. After a while, Jimmy's parole officer decided that enough was freaking enough and sent Jimmy for a psychiatric evaluation. And what was the determination? He was stupid. Jimmy was a sex offender and he was dangerous. Or that. Yeah. Jimmy's next move was to Sacramento, California, where he joined a motorcycle gang called the Devil's Horsemen. <laughs> Since he didn't even own a motorcycle, that didn't really fit he him. He stole one. And then he dyed his hair black. Purple. Oh my God. Purple. And added tattoos. <laughs> He added, so he didn't even go and get real tattoos. He just, yeah. And he got himself a girlfriend. Wow. One that liked the way that he got things done. And that was with a sadomasochistic flair. I'd like to see a picture of him then. Okay. Here's him. Wait, you got him? No, not like that. I meant like with his hair dyed purple. Well, this is his girl. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Don't even go there. Do not say that she looks all right. Looks better than him. Ooh, no, because I thought that was a man, really. She looks like a drug addict. Well, of. she was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure of it. Uh, Michelle Mickey Michaud was a high school dropout and a runaway with an attitude from hell. Now, just because you're a high school dropout does not mean that you can't be successful. These people were not. By the time she was 16 years old, she was working prostitution and living with a drug dealer. Wow. Beatings from boyfriends and pimps were commonplace, and to say that she was treated like the white trash that she really truly was would be an understatement. Really? Then she met Jimmy. He had a freaking motorcycle purple hair and an attitude that matched her own Mm. and one more plus no one else would treat her like the skank that she was as long (laughs) as froggy was at her side wow come on jim before long the two were a couple and moved in together mickey was a stay-at-home mom and a housekeeper while Froggy worked at a local dive tending the bar. All seemed well until Jimmy got restless. Then there wasn't no pleasing him. He complained constantly about everything and anything. Then he started bringing other women home. Well, Mickey didn't say nothing about it and decided that she'd rather have him happy than not have him at all. Hmm. Unfortunately, things just escalated from there. Jimmy started beating on her. He would leave for long periods of time without explanation. He started selling crack out of the house with a friend, and he was using drugs worse than ever. Financially, they were drowning. See, but how do... Okay, here's what I don't understand, and it's sort of unfortunate and not very lucky, but... Why do more innocent people that don't do anything and are actually good people and are happy and friendly and don't do drugs and don't, you know... Pretty much you're saying me. Sure. Not really. Except for not happy and... It's not really very lucky that they can have something fatal happen yes exactly but then these pieces of shit can do all these things to their bodies and And they live on forever they'll live to their 80 years old yeah but he doesn't live forever he does well that's kind of fortunate there but i mean i don't know i don't know why they don't die sooner it's it's not fair it's not With a warrant out for Froggy's crack-selling partner, the law eventually arrived at Jimmy and Mickey's place in search of him. Well, they found him, and they arrested him. But they also found meth. Dum-dum-dum. And a gun in Jimmy's home. And they discovered that Froggy was also a sex offender. Realizing that there were children living in the house, 
he was ordered to move out at once. The devil's horsemen were also fed up with Jimmy's shit, so they too kicked him to the curb. Mm -hmm. They're like, you can't be a devil's horseman anymore. So get out of here. I mean, he didn't even have a motorcycle and he stole one, so I'm wondering how good was he riding it anyway. Probably not that good. No, and he had purple hair. I mean, I don't even see how that was good. You look like a fag anyway, Jimmy, <laughs> so get all that. Right. You look like a fag. <laughs> Pink would have been a lot manly. <laughs> okay. 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 Jimmy became obsessed with serial killers, and you know what? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you go out and be one. Exactly. And not just any serial killers. You know who his two favorite were? Can you guess? Probably Pee Wee. No. Probably. Probably. No, okay. wait, wait. No, you don't know. Wait, you don't wait, know. I do you know. You don't know. No, you don't. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wrong. Crap, I forgot. What's What's the guy's name? Guy and gal? Never mind. Right, you don't know. Yeah, I don't. Gerald and Charlene Galego. Or Galego. I don't know. What I don't know. What's but it one? is Gerald and Charlene. They were the sex slave killers from yeah, the 70s. I never. I know you wouldn't. No, because I was thinking about that other. <laughs> Carla Hormoka. Hormoka. Yeah, no, not about her neither. Okay, well, who? I can't remember. I'm, I have bad times with names. He decided to mock them. It's the guy that went around and actually raped the women. Well, that narrows it down to like. Three fifths of all the serial killers. <laughs> I know, but it's a famous one. That's a Ted Bundy one. did that. No. Okay. Anyway, I don't know. Well, he convinced Mickey to gain him a victim, and guess what? That white trash did. Froggy raped the young girl, and life was suddenly good for him. Mickey, happy with the results of the event, was more than willing to take every, quote, adventure with him. And she gave it all for her old man. Mm. And that was exactly what she loved to do. Now, there wasn't too much to give, I mean. It wouldn't take long before the itch was on. Froggy and he and his best girl went on the hunt again. They spied 20-year-old Alicia parades and she was walking home well mickey pulled the dark green van up next to her and froggy grabbed her he repeatedly raped the young woman while mickey watched in excitement then they dropped her off and sped away fortunately jimmy had made a mistake and had called mickey by name during the attack When the young woman was freed, she immediately reported the crime and described the van. Oh, wow. She knew the woman's name was Mickey, but she couldn't really describe the man in time. Jimmy's mistake would come back to haunt them. Well, duh, they were heading to the clubhouse. Froggy told Mickey to find another victim, and he worked at removing the middle seats from the van so we'd have more room when they were on a hunt. His next victim would be forced to perform oral sex on him while Mickey held her head. Wow. The one after that would be Mickey's own daughter. Oh, my God. Told you she was white trash. And good old mommy was right there doing her thing to ensure that Froggy got exactly everything he wanted from her daughter. And he always got what he wanted. Even if Mickey had to get brutal to ensure it, and you can bet that she would and she often did, even with her own daughter, holding her head, forcing her, even pulling her legs apart. Wow. The next victim received the same treatment with the added twist of taking her picture in pornographic style. In November of 1997, Mickey was arrested and thrown into the slammer for writing bad checks. Are you serious? That's the thing that he got? 
No, she. Mickey's the oh, Mickey's the gal. Yeah, I keep forgetting. Well, Froggy rode out the time away from Mickey by renovating the van even further. Mm. He removed the rear bench seat. The entire interior was now. Well, here's my question. Usable space. Why didn't he just buy a van that had the whole back back empty? They had all that money. Why didn't they just why didn't they just rent a van like that? Why would they rent, rent it? a van that had that he had did all these as seats good as he could, okay? I'm I'm just saying you can rent vans that have the whole back 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 part open. Well, like you ain't going to rent it and then like take it back one. after you done kill people in it. Same principle with that. He rented it. No, he didn't rent this. Then what did he do? Keep this the was van? their van. Oh, okay. They owned this van. Okay. I thought they rented it. No, I said renovated. Okay, renovated. Yes. Okay. That makes more sense. Okay. Anyway. Keep on going. Um, As soon as Mickey was released, the duo was up to their old tricks again. This time, they grabbed... A prostitute. But this little lady wasn't having none of it, and she fought back um, to win. A sex worker? No, she was, well, I'm saying prostitute. She fought back. Did she kill him? She escaped. But did she kill him? No, but that's as good the, as you can ask shit. for. Let me tell you something. They be having their heels where you can take off the end oh, of the yeah, heel and it's a knife. It's a knife. Mm, bam. Mm, that's high class. Must be. No, they be hiding, hiding stuff in the everywhere i don't know where in the hair <laughs> she escaped and headed straight for the cat cops the cats <laughs> the cops the caps <laughs> statements were already being taken from one of the young girls that froggy had assaulted describing the rape and the van and mickey's own daughter was not keeping the family secret very well either she told the cops that her mother had bragged about a similar rape in Reno, California. I'm at Reno, Nevada. Yes. That belonged to their list of conquests. That is what I'm talking about. Thank you. She told them that they had done what they had done to her and one of her friends. She told them about other attacks that she knew about and assured them that there were plenty more that she didn't know about. That daughter is a star daughter. Froggy was getting bored now, and he wanted to up the game a bit with the next time. He wanted to torture someone this time. In so, fact, he wanted to torture and kill someone. So stupid. That's how they always get caught. So he sent Mickey, after a few necessities that he felt he would be needing, she would need to get a man's shirt, a flashlight, a few curling irons, they also stopped at an adult sex shop and bought a gagging device and a video. Then they drove to Pleasanton, and it was there that they saw their target, the mm. woman they had come here to kill. Within minutes, they had grabbed 22-year-old Vanessa. And this is a picture of Vanessa. Oh, no. Now, she's pretty. Froggy tied her up gagged her with their new toy and began raping her over and over and over. Hmm. Then he assaulted her with the curling iron. Are you serious? A freaking Was it turned on? It had been turned on. Oh my god. Using it to repeatedly sodomize and penetrate her. Oh my god. Do you know how bad that would hurt? Then he gave Mickey her shot at the girl while he drove. And boy, did Mickey use her time well. And she continued the sexual assault with the curling irons until the van came to a stop. Froggy took the trio into a hotel and he and Mickey continued the assault and torture of young Vanessa's together. When the time was right, Froggy gathered the three of them back into the van. With Mickey driving, Vanessa was again bound, and Froggy spent the ride torturing her until she, he finally wrapped a rope around her throat and strangled her to death as he raped her one last time. Yeah, but she would be burned. Yep. Would that not? He didn't care. 
Would that not he didn't care. feel bad or... He didn't care. Assuring her that they would be bound together forever through this act. Mm. Then they dumped the dead girl's body and casually drove away. Wow. The FBI wanted to find Mickey, and so they contacted her mother, who told authorities exactly where they could find her daughter, and the scumbag that she lived with. The agents found them and arrested them on charges of the kidnapping and assault of Alicia Perez. When Mickey was originally searched, the officer found a nylon rope in her pocket. In searching the van, authorities found the receipt from the hotel. Other items found that would mean very little at this point were the video, Submissive Young Girls, a book on serial killers, two curling irons, and a packet of serial killer trading cards. On December 4th, Vanessa's body was discovered along with her discarded backpack that lay nearby. She had a ligature mark around her throat, and it was more than obviously obvious that she had been assaulted, raped, sodomized, and tortured before someone had finally had enough mercy just to kill her. Mm. While she was sitting in jail, Mickey saw the newscast about a dead girl being found. And she confided in one of the other inmates about her involvement in the woman's disappearance and in her death. Bad move on Miss Freaking Idiot. The inmate immediately told authorities everything she had said. Mickey and Froggy instantly became the prime suspects of the murder. murder, And all those things that they found earlier were about to prove their guilt. Mickey and Froggy were taken to... Alameda County, where a grand jury indicted them both for the kidnapping and murder of Vanessa Lay Sampson. Five years after the fact, Michelle Lynn Mickey Michaud and James Anthony Froggy DeVigio were finally sentenced to death. It was reported that both Mickey and Froggy were hopeful that they, like their heroes, the Gallegos, would one day be featured on a serial-killing trading card of their very own. Well, obviously they were not, because... But were they not? How many sets of serial trading cards do you have? None. But they didn't get the huge headlines and stuff like that. I know. I had never heard of it. Like some people, which that sort of... But you have to admit that that's sort it, of odd because the most messed up ones are the ones that don't, and you don't ever get the big. Yeah, it is. It really is. It is. They're the most twisted because I find this really twisted for her to be so involved and whatever about her children. You don't hear anything about them. Um, the children probably don't want anything to be um, you know, said about them or nothing like that or found. No. So they might have just. But I thought this was pretty twisted. Yeah, I think both of our stories were pretty good, huh? Oh, yeah, they were both good. I just found this one twisted. I mean, come on, sodomizing a woman with a curling iron iron. that's been on. Okay. Well, I think it's just twisted for the female, for the woman to be into it just as much. Yeah, here's a thing to do. Why don't you go and hold a curling iron that's been plugged up and just unplugged for about five seconds. Now, why don't you just barely touch it? Yeah, barely touch it and see how touch well it with a wet it. finger and see how bad it hurts because how you know it's wet down there. How nobody hear her scream? In the hotel. Because that In the hotel is would what have I'm been... Wondering. It was probably a really trashy hotel paid That would have been minute. insanely loud. Are you sure that, that thing was turned on? Was on? Yeah. Because yes. screams... Because I can tell you, I wouldn't be keeping quiet. I'm telling you, though, even if it wasn't turned on, I think what they did was put it in and pull it to open it up. Ah. You see what I'm saying? That makes sense. That would also be awful. Mm-hmm. Because it opens up about that much. Yes. As big as a, bigger than a baby's head. Mm-hmm. So it's like giving birth time but if it's turned on us times three okay but if it's in your boot boot 
Oh, did they put it in there? You never give birth. I've never had a turd that big. Did they put out. it in there? Yeah, that was sodomite. Sodomizes up the boo-boo. Oh, shit. I actually, Penetrate is a baby. Oh, okay, okay. It okay. sodomizes boo-boo. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. So that's already that big to... If it ain't with. open. And then it's that big. Holy Jesus. That is big. Oh, my God. That is okay. gigantic. How does all... Oh, my God. Well, I think, I think that's enough of. I oh, think this that's, is a, this was a pretty good episode. I think so. All depends on how the sound. And I enjoyed spending is. time with you today. Even though you were saying how you didn't like. I didn't. I didn't say that. Yes, you did. You said you were forced to be around me. Like <laughs> I did not say that. I was just kidding. You never say that you're kidding. I did. I do say that I'm kidding all the time, but you just don't take it seriously. And then you're like, "No, no, you're not." And I'm like, "Because okay. if you're thinking it, then you then then I just say like, it. okay, whatever." Because if know. you think it to begin with, you have to feel that way. Oh, whatever. Get out somewhere. Go on somewhere. Whatever. But anyways, I think that's all that we have for you. No, it's called just like whenever you say to a person, "I hate you." Yeah, you say that a lot too. That doesn't mean... No, I don't. You're such a liar. Quit making me sound like an asshole here. I don't say that. And secondly, just because you hate... Just because you say, Oh, I hate you, Mom. If they really get on your nerves, doesn't mean that it's true. Just saying. But I think that's all that we have for you today. Um, It was some good times, huh? Good times. I've been Stan. Huh. And I'm always Drew. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. We're signing out. See you. Signing out. See you. Signing out. Bye-bye. See you, see you later. We'll see you next time, baby. Actually, we won't see you. Yeah, we won't see you. <laughs> You'll listen to us next you'll time. You'll listen to these sexy red next time. You'll listen to us next time. In the boondocks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>